25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome to a regularly scheduled, kind of, this is an evening drop, but it's Monday, episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura Fenn, it's so good to see you on the back end of three games in how many days? Five? Six? Something like that. A lot of games and not a lot of days, one of which we went to together, which warmed my heart. It's a lot of fun. We'll talk about that one in a little bit, as we do, because I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before, but um, we do sometimes talk about the games, and so we're going to do that today. But okay. how are you doing on this very cold, um, very cold Monday? I'm good. Yeah, it's a uh, been. There was quite a bit of Blue Jackets action over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, some really, really good. Um, some not so good, uh, but. You know, like we we always say, we go into every game with kind of zero expectations and whatever happens, happens because we're just trying to have fun. This is a a year of fun and just hoping for the best. And let me like, this is what I always hate about. That sounds dramatic. Like one of the things that's challenging about the way we record, right, is like if we like we, we've had three games. In those three games, the Blue Jackets go two and one, and they shut out Winnipeg. They win an exciting game against Vancouver, and they kind of lay an egg again against St. Louis the following night. And the tone or like my energy coming into this podcast is like, wow, that is bad. Like this, like bad energy, bad vibes on my end. And then I have to like recenter myself and be like, actually, no, you dodo. Like they they went two and one. Like they lost to a pretty good St. Louis team on back to back nights like I, I don't know like my the way my brain like frames how we record sometimes is like no Jeremy you need to be sad on this episode yeah no I was going through um when I was putting together my three stars for tonight um you know going back through and looking at each of the individual games and be like yes Wednesday of last week Friday of last week good notes like positive notes to talk about and was Saturday rough sauce? Absolutely. But there was still, there was still, at least I'll, I'll mention them, but there were still some good things that happened. And honestly, I think, and we'll talk about it, but I kind of think Saturday was an eye, a necessary eye opener for this team and for a lot of the fans too. Not necessarily like us in particular, but like just some of the fans that we see slash interact with like on social media and stuff. Like I think Saturday's game should should really be like a big eye and big eye opener for how the rest of the season may potentially go, slash what they need to see in some of the ways that we won Wednesday and Friday's games. Yeah, and I mean I think that's a really fair point. Do you want to dive into that a little bit now? Cause like, I want to make sure that you like, cause it seems like it's on your brain now. So I want to give you space. Like what are some of those things? Like what are some of those takeaways from these three games? Do you think for blue Jackets fans? 
Well, I think for fans, especially to whether, and again, we, we like to think that we're a podcast where regardless of how much knowledge you have about the sport, about the team, about the league, whatever, you should be able to come here and feel like you understand what we're talking about and that, you know, hockey is way more learnable and understandable than a lot of people think it is probably. But I think if you look at over the course of the, you know, the three games, all three are very different. Two of which get those like sort of maybe less into the details fans, like super amped up, like really, really amped up because we're, there were exciting things. There was a shutout. There was a game with a lot of goals. Um, but then those are the same fans that are quick to jump to this like, woe is me. Everything is terrible when we have a situation like we ended up with on Saturday, which was a really hard fought game. And we just got our butts kicked. Like there's no, but there's a lot of elements to look into why we got our butts kicked. Like a lot of that has to do with what St. Louis was coming into that game with. They had been struggling for multiple games. I think the last seven game or they had lost the last seven of nine games that they played. And so that is a big thing for a team to have on their shoulders. And then coming home on a Saturday night game of a holiday weekend, which every team that played a game over the course of Thanksgiving had record number sales, like for tickets, because everyone's home, everyone's in the city. Like they want to go to a game. They want to bring their family to a game. Like, so you're at home, big crowd, big crowd energy, like, the Blues were not coming to, like, mess around. And that was very evident. Um, and that's something that we haven't really, like, faced in some of our issues, in some of our, our you know, traveling games so far, because we haven't traveled a lot yet. Um, and, yeah, so I just think there's a lot of things that we can learn from that. But there were some positives um, as well. But I want to wait until we get to the actual, like, St. Louis game before. So hopefully that made sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think you make a lot of really good points, right? Like, I think we can easily get, like, really high on, like, how things are going or, like, where things are going. I think we do this with players too, right? Like, if a player is riding a hot streak and then all of a sudden, you know, he's a little bit streaky, then, you know, we're, we're harsh on the player. And your your man Cam Atkinson like I feel like it's like subject to a lot of that hate like he was in Columbus and even right now like he's kind of getting a little bit of that hate in Philadelphia because I think he has what four points in the last like a lot of games and so like or in the month of November I think it was he yeah he's points. not helping me on my fantasy team still love him though yeah right <laughs> um but right like we get so excited about the potential and then it crashes and that's like what the season's going to be a lot of right like it's going to be a lot of, hey, like we're winning a couple games. We're winning a couple games. Oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> and that's okay. Like ultimately, right? Like as long as it doesn't become the other where it's like, oh my God, what's happening? Oh my God, what's happening? Oh my God, what's happening? Oh, hey, we won. Uh, you have to be happy with it. Like I think again, like the thing that sucks the most about sports is a team can, can temper expectations really quick and they can change our expectations for the better really fast as well and so the blue jackets they come out they start really well and you know everybody is like oh wait hold on wait wait wait. and then they lose a game 
off one in an 82 game season it's like i don't you know what it's just not gonna be it it's just not gonna happen and it's like we walked out of the game on friday which was the 18th game played on the season and i looked at you and i said oh my god we're 12 and 6 that means we've played 18 games do you know what else that means and you're like, what? I was like, we still have to play 64 more hockey games. Like, it's a long season. Like, it is a war of attrition. Like, it is so many games. <laughs> like, and it's everyone's going to be different. Like, that's been at least the fun part about watching this game or this team, right? Is like, most games have been different in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's really good when you're a developing team because you learn different things. And that's exactly what this team needs to do right now. Well, and I think it's important too to remember, and I struggled with this too when I was early on and in getting into this. Is like even the best teams in the league lose games. Like, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning has never had an an a perfect eighty two season, and no team ever will. Like that's kind of just like insanity to think. Um, and yeah, some teams have hotter starts than others. Obviously, look at you know, look at the incredible things that the Hurricanes were able to do in their first, I think they won their 10 wins straight in a row. Like, that's incredible. But they're not, obviously they weren't able to maintain that or sustain that. And, you know, it's just, it's part of it. And it's also like bringing back to sort of like, am I ever going to like give up on this team? Absolutely not. But like, it's also weighing the things that we do know, which is, we are the second youngest team in this league. We have a lot of new players. We have a lot of players who have come from different teams that are joining this brand new structure. So even our returning players are hitting the disadvantage of it being a brand new structure as well and finding an identity. And so there are going to be these like roller coaster moments. And, you know, but I think that, you know, like we've. <laughs> Granted, I'm not in higher education anymore, but like we've like we said in the, you know, everything's a learning opportunity. And so like even when something happens like Saturday or something like Vegas, like those are opportunities for this team to like figure out where their weak spots were and hopefully come back. And I think we saw that, too. Like we saw that this past week after what happened in Vegas like we changed things up. Lars changed uh, a few things as far as like pairings and, um, you know, line assignments, like all that sort of stuff in order to try and learn from what happened in Vegas. And so, yeah, I just think it's, it's about um, keeping it in perspective. And obviously we know that the um, fans that we interact with on social media are such a, a small component to the larger mass that is the fifth line. But yeah, sometimes it's just a little bit like, whoa, let's just circle back around and talk about um, <laughs> how the world's not ending and everything will be fine. <laughs> You're telling me that Twitter isn't always the healthiest place? I mean, yeah. <laughs> also, rest in peace, Jack Dorsey. He's not dead, but he did resign from Twitter today, the CEO. Oh, yeah. Well, it's about time. You heard it here first, friends. Of subjectively speaking, even though you probably didn't, because that news broke like six hours ago. And you're listen. I the idea, right? Of like retire. Like, how do you like quit something? You like? I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, 
how did somebody take over Twitter when you like start Twitter and you like our Twitter and all that kind of stuff? It'd be like if you and I one day we were just like, mm, eh, I don't know. And then we were like, hey, Megan, hey, Steven, you're on. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It feels like I don't think I don't think we are to the level of Twitter quite yet to where we have the clout to be able to pull off such a such a change. But like, it just feels weird. Like, I don't know. It'd be my baby forever. Well, I'm sure that he still has some sort of like tie to whatever. No, he but was he- like, he was like, I'm not going to be on the board. I'm not going to do any of this. He's like, I'm gone. I'm going ghost. What's up, Danny Phantom? Like he was like out. <laughs> I was just like, okay, interesting. Well, that probably means that like in the course of the next couple of weeks, something um, will come out that he jumping ship for a reason so probably uh, so yeah so we'll just you know watch that but it's fine um but that's not really our problem and he makes more money than you and i will ever see so i'm sure he'll be no we're like kind of rich you higher added non-profit work are you serious we're gonna yeah we're rolling in the dough um, I mean, I was last week kind of literal dough. Um, yes, Miss Baker, not the money kind, but like the flour and water and whatnot kind. But oh my god, wait, I paid you for the pies, right? Yes, okay, my brain, right? Like, my brain just like, woo. Anyway, so remember that time we were talking about hockey? Um, no. so yeah, no. so let's. Let's talk about these three these three games that have occurred in the last five days. Um, first up was last Wednesday um, and the return of the Winnipeg Jets to Columbus for the first time since COVID, which also meant the return of Pierre-Luc Dubois and Riley Nash to Nationwide Arena. Um, you know, Riley Nash, <laughs> Blue Jackets but- legend. I mean, based on um, the crowd's reaction, I would say yes. Um, neither Jeremy and I could go to that game, but um, I have <laughs> watched a multitude of times the crowd reaction to post-appreciation video. Um, the Blue Jackets put together a joint video for PLD and for Riley Nash, um, which they do for you know, most of the time when we have a a former player come back for the first time and um, (laughs) the camera always goes to those players once the video is over. And so the video is very nice, definitely highlights like some great moments that both of them had with us. And um, the first, of course, the camera goes to PLD and just all of Nationwide Arena is just booing the crap out of him like just and he's you know putting on his best Artemi Panarin impersonation and waving and smiling and um while Riley Nash is on the bench laughing his ass off and then all of a sudden the camera goes to Riley Nash and Nationwide Arena just erupts in this applause and cheering and I mean, I think John Luke Grandpierre said it best when he was like, I think that's the most applause um, Riley Nash will ever get in his entire career. It's his return I, to Nationwide Arena. I couldn't agree more. Although I have to say that I applauded pretty loud when I saw the photo of him 
uh, at the his bachelorette party or bachelor party. <laughs> oh yes, the um, Nashville trip. I will say. Riley Nash maybe never gave us like the world's best hockey content. Like he was serviceable, like he was good. But what he did give us by just getting married was some really good Nashville Blue Jackets content. And for that, I think he deserves the loudest of applause. Of well, I'm pretty who's sure ever there's that famous photo of all of them on that private plane. Right. And Boone's the only one that still plays for the team. That's I think that's the photo in the bar, right? Like the photo in the bar where they're all there. But there's a photo of Riley Nash looking like a geek. What is it? Who is who is it? Is it actually him or is it somebody else? Um, no, it's actually him. Okay, I, I such good content. Yeah, his so bachelor good. party weekend seemed uh, pretty legit. It did, but so yeah, so that was a the a really entertaining part of um of that evening but probably the more important part was elvis shutting out the jets um and the blue jackets taking a 3-0 win um over them in like a pretty like i mean elvis made 36 saves and honestly i feel like that's kind of mid-level for his shutouts. Like he's had much higher save shutouts, but we were just in it, I think. Yeah. I mean, a really, really good game, right? Like just to be able to, to pull that off after a weird game in Buffalo where it's goals, goals, goals. And you can probably be like a little bit worried about like the defense and you can probably raise some question marks about goaltending after that game. Granted, respectfully, like I know Elvis was not the goaltender in that game, but uh, you know, I think it's good, right. To come out, to get a shout out. Cause there've been a couple times this season, you know, namely obviously the opener where you feel like somebody should have gotten a shout out, whether it's him, whether it's Corpy. And so to get the first one of the season, right. Yeah. Um, that like was fun like and that's good i think that's good for morale like moving forward you know i again like breaking news like elvis merzlikens is good like i don't really like need to probably make that declaration on this podcast i feel like for the most part the people who are listening to this podcast are actually familiar with the fact that elvis merzlikens what elvis merzlikens is good at hockey so um obviously like a really great thing to see um him get that shout out well, and don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, PLD definitely did try and give Elvis a run for his money a couple different times um, during this game. But Elvis was just like, no, sir. Like, this is not, we're not playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am here. I'm stopping all the bucks. Like, and it was just a really, I mean, Gregory Hoffman gets his second goal of the season um, to start us off. And pretty early on in the first period, it was at 15.09. And, like, which is great. I love seeing him get more and more comfortable and more and more confident. And him getting another goal um, is really awesome. And then there was absolutely no scoring throughout the entire second period. Second period was just, like, a lot of back and forth. And a lot of really great goaltending on both ends. But Elvis had several huge saves in the second period. And then we come back in the third. Zach Reinsky, um comes in strong, gets um, 
that second goal, we're feeling pretty good, but you know, one never knows even at that point. Um, but then Andrew Peak, first goal of the season, gives us a 3-0. And I think at that point, everyone was feeling strong. We were only concerned with like just keeping that shutout for Elvis. And um, we were able to to hold on to it. And it was kind of a really like um you know, great feeling for Elvis to like come back and have that moment at home. Elvis is a real like energy goaltender. He's a real crowd goaltender. And like having these moments at home are so crucial for his performance. And so, yeah, it was just a great, a great way to like lead into like the holiday. Yeah, I have to agree. I will say, Everything was going well until Josh Morrissey decided that he was going to take an axe to Alexander Texiations and then only get fined $5,000 for it. So, uh, you know, that wasn't fun. What else was fun about that game is Max Domi, Max Domiing. Like, just, like, absolutely, like, breaks a cardinal sit or cardinal rule and fires a puck on an offside, like, at the goaltender. And things went south from there. You think things are good. And then Evgeny Svechnikov runs his mouth. And uh, it was literally like the Michael Jordan meme where he's sitting in the chair and he's like, and I took that personally. Like, Max <laughs> Domi took that personally and he handled it. And I, listen, I people can say what they want, including Brad Larson. I'm so into it. I'm so here for it. Like, I'm here for the energy. I'm here for the attitude. You know, I'm all about it. And I'm a pacifist. But I really am here for Max Domi, Max Domiing. No, I am all I am also for Max finding this side of himself as a player. I think that I think it Max has had an interesting well, he's had an interesting career and he's still very young in his career, but he's in he's had an interesting time as a blue jacket. And like him finding and unveiling sort of this more feisty side to him is really good I think for our team and I know it bothers Lars because sometimes it's not the best timing that he does these things um but and because Max I mean (laughs) Max is kind of injury prone so like let's not you know do anything in that nature but you know it's also kind of hard for Max to deny his lineage I mean his dad (laughs) has like the highest number it's something crazy like the highest number of penalty minutes like ever or he's in like the top five like Ty Domi was a brawler like and any little bit of that that Max you know it would just be so hard for him to deny to deny that aspect of him um through the legacy of his father so like more power to him I like it we don't really have like a ton of like fighting players or at least we're the, like we haven't been shown um that in this new group but i like it he has the most fights like the most fighting majors in nhl history yeah i he okay so he is the maple leafs all-time leader in penalty minutes in franchise history and is third overall in the nhl in just terms of penalty minutes overall uh i need you to guess how many fighting majors Ty Domi has had in his career. Oh God, can you give me an over under? No. 
it's like I need I need the ridiculousness of this number to like five minutes, right? Uh yes. And he played, so in case this is helpful, uh he played in 1020 NHL games. So in 1020 oh NHL games, how many fighting majors do you think Ty Domi had? So just you're just asking majors, not the minute total, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't try to, yeah. Three fifty. That was actually really close. Three hundred and thirty-three. He has three hundred thirty-three fighting majors, which means that this man averaged a fight every three games in his NHL career. Wow. I would go so far as to say that I don't even know if the Blue Jackets, as an organization. <laughs> have 333 fighting majors in their franchise history. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's right? amazing. Like, there's probably been, what, like 15 or 20 in the last five years? Like, it's, like, not a lot. Yeah, and I've so only many- seen a small handful of majors. I will say the Jody Shelley days might contribute a little bit. But not that, like, not Ty Domi level. I have to look up how many fighting majors has Jody Shelley had. Well, while you're looking that up, I will. My other favorite stat from this Winnipeg game is that Vladislav Gavrikov blocked as many shots as the entire Winnipeg Jets team did. <laughs> yeah, he, everybody. <laughs> so he's been interesting because everybody in fantasy hockey is picking up Vladislav Gavrikov all of a sudden because one, he scored two goals in the Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. And then two, like you said, like the amount of shots that he blocked and has blocked in the last handful of games in a lot of leagues, like that's like a pretty high point getter. And so like, he's just like racking up the points recently. And I, for one, I'm here for all of that. Like, I think it's so funny that like, everybody's like, let me, cause you know, how many people do you think like have no idea who Vladislav Gavrikov is, right? No. Like, so many humans. But that is a very good stat. Like, I'm very happy with that. So let me give you this guess now. You get to do it with Jody Shelley because oh I'm intrigued. So he played in 627 NHL games. How and many? Not just That's his whole career, not just for the Blue Jackets. That is true, yeah. So that is for his entire career. He played. I could do his whole career eight seasons in Columbus, so, like, I don't know how you would, yeah, but yeah, go ahead for your whole career. 145. You were, like, kind of okay at this. Um, 173, which is actually more... I was gonna say 175, and then I chickened out, because I thought that was too many. Yeah, 100 and, uh, yeah, 173, and... Uh, oh, so it says he was an enforcer, yes, and had the most regular season major penalties for fighting since he joined the league. So, like, in the time that he joined the league until the time he retired, he led the league in fighting majors, which I am actually obsessed with. What's that math? 173 divided by 627. 
So like a little less. He averaged one about every four games. So still though, my God. Could you imagine getting, I can't imagine getting into one fight. Could you imagine getting into 333? No. And yet he's still so handsome. (laughs) On ice? Like what? I can't stand on ice, let alone whoop somebody's ass on ice. Yeah, that's true. Wild. But there was more hockey, as we mentioned. And for the first time all year, actually for the first time since the last game that we saw against Vancouver, actually, we got to hear O Canada performed by Leo Welsh. And so the Blue Jackets took on the Vancouver Canucks on Friday. Elvis Merzlikens gets to start again. No lineup changes, I don't think, right, from Wednesday to Friday. And so... Yeah, no, we're all the same. Nope, all the same. So, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling good about Wednesday's game. Had some some Thanksgiving grub on Thursday and came out. Won the game. I... But you watch the game, right? Like, and I think you and I like talked about it. Like, we were terribly outshot in the first period, and and even so, in the second period, I think we had ten shots on goal after the second period, and it was just like, oh my gosh! Like the way that we were able to, like, it was one of those games that I feel like we were always on the back end of, like when we were, like, I don't want to say when we were good because I think we're good right now, but like when we were like successful making playoff runs is like, we would lose these games where we would outshoot the opponent 35 to 20. And it was just the other goaltender standing on their head and couldn't find the back of the net. Always were chasing the game. And the blue jackets did exactly that to the Canucks. They they never let the Canucks get a chance to hold a lead. And they found themselves chasing the entire game. And it just, it, it worked out. It worked out for the blue jackets, even though it maybe shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it while we were there, and this was definitely, like, especially because, you know, at least in the first part of this season, we've had these situations where, like, we cannot sustain a lead, like, and that's not necessarily a new problem for the Blue Jackets, but, like, it gets really annoying when it's these, like, we score one, they score one, we score, we score one, they immediately score one. It's these, like, immediate back and forth, like, almost, like, turnover off of, um why did I just forget what that's called off of a face off um situations that we get ourselves into where it's like you got to hold on to it for just like a little bit longer like you have to put some space in between these goals like yes we're going to obviously have games where we don't where other teams score goals but like you have to put that space in there so that you can better then see the game in front of you like but it's when you have these like such quick turnarounds of where someone ties up the game for us, then it's just immediately into scramble. And it was, it was by like the end of that second period where we're tied up again after, and is it Mott? Is that how we're saying his last name? O-T-T. After Mott is it up 2-2, you know, with a tip in like, that's just like really frustrating. You're going into like we were we were so outshot in the second period. Like and so we're leading into the third going, I don't know if we win if we really deserve to win this game. Because yeah, we were sustaining, but we couldn't hold the lead. We weren't getting many if any shots on goal. Like and it was one of those things where it's like 
you gotta like you gotta play hockey in order to win hockey and so that's what we were kind of feeling towards you know at the end of that second period and then you know thankfully Jack Rosovic gets in there scores a big goal the energy sort of shifts and you know we end up maintaining that lead and then Max Domi seals the deal with an empty net goal towards the end of the third period and you know we we take away with a with a 4-2 lead but like the Canucks are like not that anyone should really like judge within this first like 20 or so games of a season um because like I said earlier in the in this episode like some teams start out hotter than others and like things shift but looking at the Canucks like they have not had a great start to their season. They are really struggling. And we, being a team that on paper is not struggling so much, should not have given them so much leeway in this situation. And so that's where we go back to these like learning opportunities. Like, yes, the outcome was really good for us. Another win put us at 12 and 6, like, you know, which is right, 12 and 6. Mm-hmm. yeah after that game okay and um you know and that's awesome but they're they're there at any point in that third period we could have lost this game yeah 100 and the thing is is like you know me putting on my analytics hat like we talk about like the deserve to win a meter that uh is it o meter am i just like making that up because i think it sounds fun no it is o meter um it is yeah, the, the Canucks had a 73% chance of winning this game, like, or deserving to win this game. The Jackets were, you know, analytically outscored, which is, it obviously does not matter, but 2.64 to 2.3. So, like, Elvis, you know, gets um, a, not a full save above, you know, expected, but, you know, obviously does something. But the thing that's most telling about that is, like, yeah, like, Max Domi's goal, um, you know, at the end of the period makes it 4-2. But that goal that shot had a 94% chance of going in so it took the blue jackets expected goal total on that one shot from a 1.35 to a 2.296 so like it was like yeah like that was what the blue jackets finished with but max domi had 1.07 goals expected in that game so like and most of that coming from that shot and so we were dominated in that game. Like, there's not really any other way to put it. Like, Elvis keeps us in that game by making a lot of really critical saves. And I honestly think that that game is entirely different if Vancouver scores the first goal, right? If Vancouver scores the first goal, we find ourselves trailing, you know, it's, you know, game over from that point. And I think, you know, you kind of almost feel like that energy. And I wonder if this contributed at all, like, Igor Chinikov like scored his second goal of the season only for it to be called offsides. He didn't have like he wasn't, you know, behind the blue line. And so maybe that like killed the momentum. Like maybe they got so high on that like goal within the first minute. Again, it's it's Chinny, who I know everybody on that bench is rooting for. And maybe that contributes to it. But I at the end of the day, right? Like, yeah, like very flat footed and very much not the game that they needed to play against Vancouver. But they get the win. And that is what matters. And Laura, normally I let these folks present the three stars, but I have to say we're talking about winning. So I need to talk about how our lovely listeners can win. And you know who they're going to win with? 
DraftKings. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. And you're just going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. They're going to. Uh, this week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Um, you must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Girl, you got a gambling problem? No. <laughs> Girl, do I have a gambling problem? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Me like 1-800, right? Like, <laughs> But hopefully you didn't have too much of a gambling problem to spend a lot of money betting on the Blue Jackets on Saturday. Because <laughs> you would have lost big time. And speaking of losing big time, this episode is brought to you by the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Don't sue us. It's not brought to them. It's not brought to us by them. So, but we love you Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah right um but no we did um after our win against vancouver on friday night immediately the team jumped on an airplane and flew to st louis and like i said we're gonna refer to this as a learning opportunity because we got our butts handed to us in a big way uh by the st louis blues um you know it looked it looked good, kind of, in the first period. Um, you know, we score first. We're the only team that scores. Um, Boone gets his 10th goal of the season off of deflection from a really incredible shot by Zach Wierenski. Um, And, you know, we're feeling, we're feeling kind of good. But um, I can't remember if it was Brian and Jean-Luc or Jeff and Jody who said this, but the issue with going – ending the first period up only by one is that that other team has the opportunity to go back in to their locker room, regroup, and they're going to come back like so much harder. And that is exactly what the blues did. The blues said, hold my beer. And literally that is what they did in the second period. Um, the Blues scored three unanswered goals in the second period. Very painful. Um, subsequently ending it with, uh, you know, ending that period, uh, up three to one. So that was not great. Um, just not really great at all. Um, and then we come back third period, Adam Boquist, gets a goal we're like all right three two let's do this like we can we can totally nope we cannot cannot. (laughs) um because what did what did the blues do again three unanswered goals three three unanswered goals 
in the third period. And then poor sweet Adam Boquist, just so it wasn't quite as embarrassing to lose 6-2, gets his second goal of the evening, and we end things 6-3 in St. Louis. Yeah, don't meet me in St. Louis. <laughs> they is don't that, like the, is that the thing? It is. Meet me in St. Louis, yeah. Okay, great. I like you know me. Like I am not here for the pop culture references like that. So not, anytime I try really, it, I always get really nervous the second after I do it. It's not really a modern, it's a musical from like a long time ago. It did have a slight resurgence in the second no. In the first Sex in the City movie. Because Sarah that. Jessica Parker's assistant, played by Jennifer Hudson. Is from St. Louis, and that's like her thing. But it's like okay. an old time. Anytime I do it, I'm impressed with myself. So <laughs> here I am being impressed with myself. But yeah, I mean, this game was a lot. I I don't want to say it was like exactly like the Vegas game, but like a little, right? Like in the in the sense of like you take a lead, you look like you're playing well. The first period's okay. Like, you end the first period. You know, St. Louis ends the first period with an expected goals. The expected goals at the end of the first period, 1.43 for Columbus, 0.42 for the Blues. So, like, you're up a goal. Everything's kind of tracking. You're feeling good about the way you play. And then the Blue Jackets don't get a shot. Um, So they get a shot with 6.10 left in the first. And then they don't get their next shot until, you know, uh, about – 730 in the in the second so you go almost 10 minutes right like a little over 10 minutes without getting a shot on goal and during that time st louis is scoring two goals and you're really just like you're not able to like do anything really and it's just hard to watch and i think yeah i think it was the studio crew that said what you said right like if you're in this situation where like you're going in the locker room, you feel like you've dominated the game and you only have a one goal lead, like buckle up because the other team over there is going to play inspired. And St. Louis did. And St. Louis took us to the cleaners and what are you going to do? Right? Like you're going to have those moments. Uh, but that team shouldn't have beat us six, three, like, and really like, yeah. let's be real. It's, it was six, it was six, two until Adam Boquist was like, no, not today. Um, yeah, no, it definitely, it just, it was, it was, it was a lesson in uh, perseverance and how we have to have more of it. Um, and it was also, you know, a lesson in understanding where the other team is coming from as well. Like I said a little bit earlier is, you know, St. Louis had lost seven of their last nine games. Um, they have been receiving a lot of flack from their fans because, St. Louis is without a doubt a playoff contending team. Like it was only what three years ago that they were raising the cup. So like there's a lot of high expectations there um, with that team. And like I said, the day of the game does play a lot of importance into how a team performs. Like, you know, like I said, holiday weekend game, really needing a win at home, their fans, like, you know, and they just saw that opportunity of us, you know, and they saw it pretty quickly in the second period. They saw that we were just riding that high of having a one goal lead and we're not adjusting and just ran with it. And like, that's not something like 
it's not un, it's not new for the Blue Jackets to be like an underdog team or a, a you know a scratch and you know find a way team. And but we have to you have to have that mentality the whole time. Like you can't just have it in the first and the third period because as we've seen even so far in this season, the second period can literally win or lose a game for us. Right. And it lost the game for us with St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, but even, even if they never off. scored another goal in the third period, we still would have lost. Yeah. Yeah, so. 100%. And this team has shown they're capable of scoring goals. So, like, I guess if you want to get into that battle of, like, trying to chase a game that way, like, more power to you. But you don't win very many games when you go down 6-2. <laughs> like, you don't. And they don't. And that's okay. You can't win them all. Like you said, we're not going to go 82-0. And we're certainly not going to go – math is hard. Oh, my God. Why did I do this? 75-7. and So <laughs> – because the Blue Jackets finish out at 12 and 7 after these three games. And, you know, you look at it, right? And you're like, okay, like, I, let's talk about Brandon Dubinsky real quick, just for a second. Then his tweet about <laughs> John Torrella. And, uh, and this is after the Vancouver game, uh, we're 12 and 6. And he tweets that if it were, weren't for the fact that John Tortorella wasn't the head coach of this team, um, well, how am I? I'm definitely setting that up wrong. But basically, he said, if John Tortorella was in this it, game, we would be 6-12 and two, 12 and not 12-6. and six. And I love the shade. I love the shade. I don't know how much I agree with him. Probably to an extent, right? Like, I probably agree with him. But it just feels like this team is having fun. And I feel like them having fun is allowing them to be a little bit more loose. And it's allowing them to win some games that they shouldn't. And I can appreciate that. Well, and I think the – and I don't, I don't think I've said this – out loud this is just a thought that i've had but i think the other difference and not that other previous versions of this team weren't like mutually supportive of each other but like there's so much like support and encouragement of each other in this team like like you said like that whole team is rooting for chinnikov to like really just pop off and like they were all so excited when he got his first goal and like mm-hmm. You know, same with Cole and, like, really with each individual one of them, like, as they start crossing off these, like, firsts of the season, like, you know, or even simply with Boone, like, Boone's having the best season of his career so far, like, and every single time they're all so excited for each other. And I think that that is a real difference. Like, they're having fun, but they're also encouraging each other. Like, they're not... There's no individual personality that's like, I'm out there for myself. Like, I'm out there for my stats, like this, that, or the other thing. Like, they're all just so encouraging of each other. And even in our in our goaltending, too, the goaltenders, you know, when they talk about their games, like, they talk about the whole team. They don't necessarily talk about their individual performance. And, like, or they talk about if they had a, you know, a poor or good performance, how that benefited the whole, the team as a whole. And I do think that that is very different from somewhat of the mentality of like, granted, I only got to see Brandon play in his last season and a half. So like, but like, I just think that that is a different mentality than what he was experiencing. But my God, is it entertaining every two and a half months when he pops up on social media and says some brazy shit. Because he does, right? Like, he, like, literally goes ghost for, like, 
a decent period of time. Well, and I just and always like, love that he ends everything with hashtag um, season ticket holder, hashtag, is it like fifth line or something like that? Well, he said, he said, new season ticket holder and new member of the fifth line. Or he says like, yeah, yeah something like that. Like, Because we should know he still lives him. in Columbus. Like he still lives, like he and his whole family still live in Columbus. So... I just, but, it's so good to me. It warms my heart. It is a good time. But you know what else is a good time? Three stars? Yeah, and also trying to remember who the hell went last, because I'm back on my bullshit and not remembering who went last or first last time. I think it might have been me. Yeah, I think it's my turn. God, okay, so maybe we're not as bad at this as I think we are. And by we, I mean me. Yeah, no, it's definitely me. It's definitely my. We only did one episode last week, so. Um, so yes, I actually thought really long and hard about this today. Um, because I wanted to, I felt like I was like, if I'm expecting some of the other like fans to like look deeper into this team and the structure and what we're doing, like I wanted that for myself. Not that my third star is going to be new, but I will say that my third star is going to Elvis. He had two really, I mean, both of his starts in this three game series were just incredible. They were just the most Elvis of Elvis things. And, um, you know, I really think the more consistency we've talked about it for the more consistency that we give Elvis, the better Elvis is going to be. And, you know, he's just really shown that. And, you know, I just, he's just, he's, he's just the heartbeat of this team sometimes. And like, for me as the emotional one of the two of us, like that is just such a big part for me is this role that he's playing as, you know, the heart and soul of this team and, you know, how everyone sort of built off of that energy but like those two games I mean there were just no there's no doubt Elvis is an incredible incredible goalie and he just he just showed all of that in those two games um my second star is going to Jack Roselvick because you know Jack it took a really long time for Jack to get his first goal this season and so ever since then there's been a different energy and there's been a different performance from that line that he's on and you know it's it is it's like it's like a monkey on their backs until they get it and you know we have seen it so much so this so far this season is once someone gets their first goal just how their game changes their attitude changes their he just seems lighter these last few games and he's been just such a crucial part to the success that we had um, in our two wins. And so big shout out to hometown boy, Jack Rosovic. And then my first star is going to Adam Boquist because in, I mean, he had (laughs) three goals in two games 
Plus, he got two of his assists in over the course of those three games. Like, and he's such an unsung, like, I've been noticing there are times on the ice that I think that, and I don't know if it's just because of how the plays are set up or whatnot, but, like, it sometimes feels like he gets missed because people don't think to pass it to him. And he's had a couple different moments where he's tapped his stick on the ice in, like, crucial points to be like, hi, I'm over here. Like, I can do all the things that, you know... And to have him have missed, I mean, he missed six games early on in this season. And so to have him come back and come back just like with so much energy, like he was such a crucial role. He played such a crucial role over these three games. And like, I just think sometimes that gets like overshadowed because, you know, he's new. He was out for, you know, such a big chunk of the first part of this season, but I, you know, I tweeted from our account, like, I absolutely love just seeing him, like, really start to to light a fire, but I just wish we would have played better for him on Saturday night, because, I mean, two goals in one game is such an accomplishment, like, and, you know, I just, I can't wait to see um, how his game continues to grow, and hopefully that he starts really finding um, his place on this team, because, oh, my God. He was such a big player in these three games. So my number one star is Adam Boquist. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a lot of really, really good points. Like, I think we're going to have some similarities as per usual. I feel like we're usually never, like, overly different. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my third star to Max. Like, I think, you know, again, like, going back to my original point of just how much I'm loving the energy and how much I'm loving the way he's playing right now, uh, you know, playing pissed off like it's something that i like really enjoy and it's something that i don't ever leave a game wondering whether or not max domi wants to be a columbus blue jacket like i know that he does like i know that he's bought in and i know he's doing it and i know that in the end like that might bite him in the ass like he might not be a blue jacket after this season just being a ufa and whatever but but my god is he fun to watch like when he is and i hate that a couple of unfortunate injuries and COVID like took away some of the time that we have with him because I think he's really important to this team. And you can tell it too, like in the way that other players interact with him, uh, you know, he has a goal, which is an empty netter, sure. But you know, an assist, he just, he's played well, like he's played well. And I can appreciate that. My two is going to be Adam Boquist. Uh, you know, again, for similar reasons that you talk about, I just think that he's somebody who's, who's getting really outlooked or overlooked, I should say. And uh, I think it was Mark Scheig. I want to say it was Mark Scheig. Shout out, Mark. Uh, who posted an article that was like, the Blue Jackets like feel that his best is like far from, from here. And then the next game, like he scores two goals and he's looking really good. And that's kind of the player that Adam Boquist is kind of like advertised to be, right? Like he's an offensive defenseman. It's the reason that like you might not see... And it's part of the reason I think you've seen like Zach and Jake Bean together most of the season is because you need somebody who's a little bit more defensively responsible, of which I think Jake is a little bit more in this point of his career than like Adam Boquist is. And so you have those two split up and it's gone really well. Like I think I think now that like Boquist is is finding his legs and he he's got now he's you know recovered from an injury. I think the best is yet to come from him, and I'm really excited to see if he can continue to do this, if he can continue to 
to net a few goals. He's also taken on an important role on the power play, uh, which I don't know if we've talked about it since our last show, but Cole Cylinder goes down to the second power play line and Adam Oquist is now on the first power play line, which is interesting because now you've got two defensemen and three forwards on that line. But again, you've got two defensemen in Zach Wierenski and Adam Boquist who have a, a piece of forward in them. Like they do, like they just do. And so Adam is going to get my number two. Uh, my number one, I cannot believe that he wasn't your number one is Elvis Merzlikens. I'm like shocked a little bit. Like I like when you said Elvis at three, it was kind of like when you're like waiting for like the school, like talent show results and the bitch that you, that was over here singing, rolling in the deep by Adele. He thought was really, really good. Uh, finishes third. And everybody's like, Oh my God, wait, who are the next two going to be? Because I really had her pegged as number one. That was me with Elvis for you just now. Uh, because again, the shutout on Wednesday, you know, a great effort. Uh, then obviously like to play the way he played on Friday. And something that we have not talked about was his attempt at a goalie goal. And obviously it doesn't work out. Um, you know, in, in the post game, he's like, you know, maybe we should like actually like run some drills that like allow me to like figure out how to like shoot the puck over people, like hacksawing the puck out of the air because I really want that goalie goal. And I listen, he's going to get it. it Elvis, hold on Elvis. When you get the goalie goal, when you get the goalie goal, I will take your Ellis Murray's Leakins logo. And I'll get a tattoo of it. I'll get a tattoo of wow. the Ellis logo when you score your goalie goal. Mark my words. Sign, seal, deliver. here first, folks. When Elvis gets his goalie goal. Wow. I'm doing it. He's going to get it, though. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. He was so mad. He was so mad the other day. So mad. So I'm looking forward to the part like the Red Sea. Correct. I'm looking forward to the day where I have to call Mackenzie and I have to be like, girl, I I need this tattoo and I can't, you can't ask why. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Elvis is really good. And I, again, what a shame it would be if I didn't talk a little bit about analytics. Um, Again, the best goaltender analytically so far this season is Sergei Bobrovsky. So, again, just like my little shout out to him for playing well. But in terms of goalies who have started uh, 10 or more games, uh, Elvis has started 12. You know, he is currently seventh in goal saved uh, above expected um, per 60 minutes played. So, because he's played a few less games, like he's not. He's, I think, ninth overall in terms of the total number of goals saved above expected. But if you average it, he's seventh. And, you know, he's a top 10 goalie in this league. Like, nobody can tell me otherwise. And I don't think he gets enough clout. Like, I don't think he gets enough credit. And I have to say, like, a lot of these players that are above him are players that I, like, quite frankly, like, they're really, really good. (laughs) Like, Jonathan Quick's had a really good season. He's above him. Carter Hart has had a resurgence this year. He's above him. But, like, you can make an argument, right, that, like, game in and game out. Like, Elvis Mazlikens is even a top five goaltender in this league. And he's a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's pretty dope. And so he's my number one star. So. And I will say that the only reason why he wasn't (laughs) my number one star is because I felt like you or someone was going to be like, she's such a homer. Like, she's such just, like, Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. And so I wanted to show that I have depth. You and do. I'm appreciating the skills of some of our other players. 
but I do love Elvis with my whole heart. You do certainly have depth. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, overall, two and one, not bad. Do you have any other thoughts on the action of the last three games? No, I think that, you know, it's, again, the the best we, I mean, obviously it would have been great to take all six of those points, but, you know, we take four of the six, much like we did in the, you know, we continue, like, we're not, you know, multiple, twice now, we have won three games in a row, so, like, that is a really big thing for the Blue Jackets, like, that is something we did not do at all last year or last season. I keep forgetting that last season was literally within the same year, but, um, <laughs> but you know, so it's, it's about finding those things like in these more difficult games that we remember, we are still 12 and seven. That is, you know, an incredible feat in and of itself. Um, and we're not, we're not getting into ruts. So like, that's a really good thing as well. So no, I think this, you know, learning opportunities and two really brilliant performances um, that made for a pretty decent hockey holiday experience. And it's a hockey holiday experience tomorrow, Tuesday, the blue jackets play the Nashville predators, the first matchup of the year of the team that we played eight times last year which develops the beautiful love of our listeners for Steven. And so very excited to get his thoughts. Maybe we can convince him into hopping on. Maybe we can. I know. I mean, we've, we've tried the last couple of times, but maybe Steven. Steven. I, if people don't listen to my favorite murder and they listen to our show, they have no idea what's going on half of the time. And yeah, I really didn't think that. I terribly say our friend Steven, our multiple friends named Steven. Um, we do have we a do lot. Have we do have quite a few. There are a lot of Stevens in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Blue Jackets will go. They'll play uh, Nashville. Everybody take a guess who's Nashville's leading scorer. Freaking Matt Duchesne. Freaking Matt Duchesne, yeah. He's got 22 points, 22 or 23 points on the year. And I, you know what? I'm happy for him. Like, I'm glad. Like, he gets so much. Him and Ryan Johansson, really. And I think that's just so funny that, like, you know, obviously there's the lineage with Columbus. So much shit. So I'm really glad that they're getting it figured out. But there's one other thing that we need to figure out before the end of the show. Hmm. So I did that thing that I do and I made an impulse purchase. This is something he does frequently. FYI. <laughs> oh, almost, almost like it's my day job. I make, um, I make <laughs> poor purchases. So I was perusing good old eBay. I, you know, was like, you know, I don't have, I have blue dragons memorabilia, but I don't have like things that are like historic really. Like I have a lot of, um, a lot of you know present day kind of things a lot of players that you know have since left but um you know we're a part of the team recently and so i was like surely it is my time to buy something nostalgic and so i did i found this jersey on ebay it's a team signed jersey and it said i have no idea 
right here. It's in this box. I'm going to cover up my address so I don't get doxxed. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what year this is, but we're going to do it. And it's from a thrift store in... This episode is sponsored by St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Store in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and I was like, let's do it. So we're going to do an unboxing on the show here, folks. I'm going to try not to stab the shit out of the jersey because this is like Fort Knox. But I bought this jersey for $75. And I spent a lot of time while I should have been working looking at the numbers on it the names and trying to figure out okay what year is this what year is this because i'm recognizing some of the names um but i'm not recognizing all of them so let's figure it out so i went to the media guide and i got that figured out and this is a jersey from the 2001 2002 season the blue jackets were very bad during that season but the nice <laughs> part is that at least there are some original blue jackets on this jersey so i'm very excited about it this could end up being the worst thing I've ever bought. Like, what if I open this and it's just absolutely, like, terrible? Oh, not. All right. We've got it open. Dear, aw, this is nice. Dear buyer, <laughs> thank you for your purchase. We look forward to doing business with you again on eBay. Could you imagine? I mean. Like, if I just, like, start buying from this place on eBay, just, like, all the things they get. Oh, it's wrapped well. That's my first review. Oh, this is fun. I'm like loving this. Here she is. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, Stinger. Oh, this is fucking sick. This is so good. Look at this. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's so good. I have so much joy in my heart right now. This is good. I thought they were going to be like torn up, but one of my favorite blue jackets, because he was a blue jacket, like right around the time that I really started watching hockey, David Waborny is on here. Um, who else are some of the members of that uh, really bad last place in the Western Conference team uh, <laughs> of that season? It was... So Ray Whitney, Mike Cylinder. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Cole's daddy. Yeah, Cole's dad's on here. Tyler Wright, Jeff Sanderson, Rusty Klesla, Lyle Odeline, Kevin Deneen, Jean-Luc Grandpierre, Jody Shelley. Uh, a lot of a lot of really cool names on this jersey. I like this is the whole freaking team. This is the whole damn. Wow. All right. Well, that was worth it. That's so awesome. Well, thank you all for appeasing me and my little unboxing. And do you know how else you can appease us? How? By following us on social media, girl. Oh, but wait, I still had one more thing to say. No, no, social media time. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just wanted to slash breaking news from one of our friends, uh, Matt, over at 614 Hockey, just dropped a uh is it wind dip hold on now i have to look shut up there's wind a fun dip. shirt yes so our good friend matt over at 614 hockey just released a new design 
um, for all of our Fun Dip Squad members. Um, it is a one dip shirt. That is so good. And it's super cute. Um, so if you are interested and want to go support not only the Fun Dip Squad, but obviously Matt and 614 Hockey, who do so much for the hockey community here in Columbus, um, it is $28. Um, so go on over and order yours from 614hockey.com. But yeah, that was sort of like he just announced it while we were recording. And I've been waiting this whole time to say it. So when you tried to get me to do the social media, I was like, no. Um, do I want a long sleeve or a short sleeve? Um, long sleeve because you don't have any long sleeves of your own. All of your long sleeves are mine or I bought them for you. Fair enough. <laughs> when you put it that way <laughs> fair enough fair enough but anyway while jeremy is looking to do another impulse buy um you can follow us on social media um we are on twitter and instagram at subjectively pod we're on facebook at subjectively speaking we love to interact with all of you so please you know like comment retweet however you want to go about it. Um, if you want, you can check out our really beautiful website that Jeremy created. It's subjectivelyspeaking.com. And then if you want to support your two favorite podcasters, especially this holiday season, um, get yourself and the ones that you love some really great merchandise. You can visit our merch store at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We have a lot of really cute designs. Um, we will hopefully be posting some new ones here soon after Threadless so rudely reminded me today that we needed to put up new stuff. Um, <laughs> you can go there and check out all of our items. Lots of cold weather gear too for you to wear as winter is fast approaching and it's also very cold in the arena. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podca podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, again, we don't know why it matters, but if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down. Give us one of those five-star reviews that helps us rise within the ranks of hockey podcasts and helps us to grow our little hockey community. So we just appreciate all the love and support. And hopefully you saw our um, little Thanksgiving video. We are just so incredibly thankful for all of you for listening, for supporting, um, and for being with us along the way of the almost 11 months of doing Subjectively Speaking. Wow, we've been doing this for a minute, but I just purchased my one dip shirt, <laughs> so I'm efficient. You can't say I'm not efficient. What's up, Matt? Um, but until we get the chance to talk to y'all about the Nashville game, hope y'all stay well and take care of yourselves, and we will see you very soon. Bye.